The following podcast contains explicit language. Are we going to walk to lunch today? What's the temperature? Uh, 96. So drive. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 19 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career in friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. This week, we're going to talk about creating a room of our own. And then we're debuting a new segment on the craft of writing. Some people think it's an art, and it is, but we think it's mainly a craft. And then we have a Hollywood hack that will make your legs red carpet ready and an LAX celebrity sighting courtesy of Liz's husband, Adam. But first, an update. Our first Happier in Hollywood Q&A cocktail party (laughs) is happening tonight at my house. Yes, it's sold out. I can't wait to talk with everyone, hear their questions, and you get to show off your backyard. Yes, I'm I'm very excited. I've been wanting to entertain, and now I am entertaining. This is it, Liz. So we'll post pictures, so check out Instagram and our Facebook group. Yes, and we actually thought it would be fun to take a question from a listener. So if you're listening to the podcast right now and it's August 8th and you have a question about being a writer in Hollywood that you would like us to answer tonight at Liz's house, email us like right away at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. And again, do not wait because it's happening tonight and we'll pick one question from our Happier in Hollywood inbox and we'll take a video of our answer and post it on our Facebook group tonight. Or tomorrow Tomorrow. because we're going to be a little wiped out by this. So we may may do our posting tomorrow. True. Okay, tomorrow. (laughs) Okay, Sarah, let's dive into From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's creating a room of our own. Virginia Woolf said it's important, and we agree. Yes, although the book that we're using as a guide for this whole process is one of my favorite books, Move Your Stuff, Change Your Life by Karen Roush Carter. Yeah, so background for everybody. We're developing this season, so we don't have a show office or a deal office. We are without official office. And everyone and everyone knows the stereotype of writers who sit in coffee shops all day and work, but that doesn't work for us. We are not coffee shop people. No, I mean, a coffee shop is wonderful. But, like, for work, we're talking to each other nonstop. We're emailing. We're on the phone. We're breaking story. We need a room of our own, and we need it to have whiteboards. Yes. Um, and so we've been kind of struggling with where to have our home base And we've decided that the room that is your office will be our home base. Problem is, it was more of a storage room (laughs) than an office. And so that's what is being tackled. Yes, it's the fourth bedroom in my house. And I sort of just, it's not a room we really need. So I just put a bunch of stuff in it, close the door. um, And now I'm really thrilled about it because I think it's going to be a fantastic space. But it's quite an undertaking. And whenever I tackle a space in my house, there is a book that I go to called Move Your Stuff, Change Your Life. And this is a feng shui book. And just heads up, (laughs) this segment is sort of part treadmill desk, part LVS, because you think the whole feng shui thing is nonsense. (laughs) I I do. I I can't even pretend. (laughs) 
Uh, but I will say that I think being purposeful about your space yes. is valuable. So if that book helps you be purposeful about the space, I uh, I encourage it. Okay. But I can't really think that our career depends on whether or not we have like a fish tank in, you know, the southeast <laughs> corner. Well, fair enough. Although I will say I, I do intend to use the book to redo our office space. So um, tell us, Sarah, about, like, what are your thoughts since you are following this book? Okay. Like, what's going so, into it? Well, basically, the book sort of talks about how your your home is divided into nine guas, which is like the—it's spelled G-U-A. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Um, and each one relates to a different element of your life. So the one that we're concerned about is the fame and reputation gua, which— in a wonderful twist of fate, happens to be the spot in my house that this office is located in. Oh, that's good. Yes. Okay, so, even though I don't believe, I'm still glad. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's good for us. And yeah. and so by making this space nicer and, and more aligned with these feng shui principles— our business should increase. We'll have the courage to do things we've been afraid to do. We'll mm. gain respect. Our reputation is protected. We'll be very well known. We'll get the credit we finally deserve. We'll have support from others because they'll see us as valuable. And Liz will accept ourselves for who we are. Oh, my, all that. All that, according oh to the book. I'm excited. We should have used this office years ago. <laughs> I know, right? We've been doing <laughs> it all wrong. <laughs> anyway, so the the elements that we that we want to have in the office are fire, lights, red stuff, triangular objects, wood, green, columnar objects, items that represent fire, animals and things made from animals, plants, celebrity memorabilia, oh recognition items, and up stuff like volcanoes, birds, balloons, mountains. Mm. Anyway, things that represent up stuff and fire is kind of what we want. And a personal wish list on red paper. Yeah. That's Which, interesting. I mean, we, it's we never a bad that. thing to come up with a personal wish list. Never a bad thing. Because as you say, it's all about setting an intention and being purposeful. Yeah. I mean, I think for anybody who is wanting to focus on work or they have a goal or they want to do a side hustle, Having space where you can really focus on that and and making it something that feeds your creativity and makes you feel like, as I was saying, purposeful, I think that's a good thing. Yes, whether it's a whole office, whether it's a corner yeah. in a living room, whether it's just like the picture that you put on your computer screen. Yeah, do something. Yes. Um, and I also, I want to apologize to Karen Roush Carter, who is a lovely person, and I'm very much summarizing her book. <laughs> I actually did a consult with her at my house when I moved in oh, to wow. talk about, like, the feng shui of the whole house. Um, and she's awesome. So we're super oversimplifying. But part of what I love about the book is that it is very practical. It's you can not, like, it. super woo-woo and, you know, it's, it's very um, practical, uh, which is why... I like it. Anyway, so we should talk about, like, how what we want our space to feel like and then how we can integrate these principles into the space. Okay. Well, we want it to feel pleasant. Yes. Organized. Maximum whiteboard space. Oh, that's important. And we also want it to be inspiring, if possible. Yeah. Bright. Yes. Yes. Uh, uplifting. Encouraging of our creativity. Okay. So how are we doing that? Well. 
How are you doing it? Because you're doing everything. Well, it's sort of us, really, because, like, we're sitting in the office now, you know, and it's not quite ready. It's, like, kind of discussing how we're going to do it together. We went to Mark's Paint together yes. and got paint samples. <laughs> um, and and uh, and I painted a bunch of, um, uh, you know, what are you, swatches? Is yeah. it paint swatches? It's fabric. Um, swatches. Okay, so I painted... A five different colors on the walls. I'll show them to you later. You can kind of tell me what you think. It was interesting because you picked a color that I would never have picked. Mm. Um, and I really love it. Oh, good. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, if it's not the main wall color, I think it'll be the ceiling color. So I was like, okay, this is like, it's a good, it's a room collaboration. Sarah, we should mention the best office colors to boost creativity, happiness, and productivity, according to the internet anyway, are blue, red, yellow, green, Purple, orange, and gray. Yes. Well, that's a lot of options. It is. We're and going with green. We're going with green. Red and green are both the colors, uh, the feng shui colors that would be good in this space. Um, but we have a lot of red furniture. Yes. We just happened to buy red furniture a few years ago at Ikea. Thank you, Ikea. Um, so we're good there. And then we'll paint the room green. I'm happy to hear that it's good to have animals in the room because mm. since we're working at my house and yeah. I have two dogs, they're like in and out all the time. And now I can just feel like, well, Crackers is bringing us good feng shui. Thank yes. you, Cheesy Feet, <laughs> for coming in and bringing your positive energy. Do we have celebrity memorabilia? I mean... I have to think on that. I know. We have some stuff, like a prop thing from The Shield, you know, a piece of paper that the strike team... Oh, that's cool. You know, that's kind of like a cool thing. Does that count as celebrity memorabilia? I have my Peabody Award from The Shield that we'll have in there. Um, spiky cactuses are good in, in that space for plants. Oh. So I'm going to get some nice, cool, interesting spiky cactuses. Oh, fun. And then, as we mentioned, we should write our personal wish list on red paper. Yes. Now, here's the issue that we have. The things that you don't want to have in the room, things that are bad to have okay. in this particular gua, are water and black things and things that symbol because black symbolizes water, and things that symbolize what you're not about. Like, the book says pictures of Darth Vader and <laughs> sharks, and I'm like, I don't have any of those. Or mirrors, which is mm. great because I don't need to be looking at myself no. while we're working. So I realized the treadmill desk Ooh. is a big black metal thing yes. that will be right in the middle of the space. Oh, gosh. And we need that desk. Yes. I'm desperate to oh get my God. that. Because we I, haven't had a treadmill desk in weeks, and it's brutal. It is. I miss it. Yeah, I miss it a lot. So <laughs> we have to counteract it. Yes, we have to counteract it with cures. Okay. I realize this is going to sound totally Looney Tunes to some people and super woo-woo, but one of the things you can do as a simple cure is cut, um, in this case, I would cut red triangles out of paper and tape them to the bottom of the treadmill desk to counterbalance the water energy that is bad to have in that room. I did just say mm, those words. Okay. And I probably am going to do that for real. Okay, and I'll let you do that because I would feel idiotic doing that. <laughs> I but know. I support you, Sarah. <laughs> anyway, we'll post pictures of this fabulous feng shui room when it is all done. Yeah, and I want to see other people's workspaces, yes. the room of their own that they've created. So send us an email with your photos and post them on Instagram, hashtag happier in Hollywood, um, and post them in our Facebook group. We want to see where you're working. 
And I want to say thank you for dealing with this and actually putting in the the sweat equity to get this done, because I really do think we're going to work so much better once we have that space. I mean, we just know from the past that we need that in order to be like maximum productive. So thank you for doing this. Oh, you're very welcome. And we are entering a maximum productivity phase. So it's going to be great. Woohoo! Go green feng shui office. Coming up, we have a new segment, but first this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it's time for our new segment on the craft of writing, which we're calling The Craft and Fame, because <laughs> we couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> we talk a lot about the business, and we thought it would be fun and useful to talk some more about the craft of this writing thing we do. Yes, and we thought we would start with one of the most important things we've learned that isn't writing is rewriting, which is hands down the most yes. important thing that anyone can know about writing anywhere ever. So we'll call this the second most important thing, which is swim out. Liz, can you explain swim out? Yes. Okay. Swim out. um, It's the idea that when you're telling a story, just keep swimming. (laughs) Don't worry about the swim back to shore. Just use everything on the swim out. Because some people have a tendency to want to save things, save good things for another episode or a later act. Um, Because we write in six acts usually. Or even for an act break. Yes. And this kind of style of storytelling, the shield, we always swam out. Every episode was like, this happens and this happens and this happens. And you're like, how are they going to get out of this? How are we ever going to have another episode of story? And then there's always more story. And the Vampire Diaries also had that style of storytelling, which I think is one of the reasons it was so um, successful for the CW. And what I love about it is just this idea of, like, have faith that there's more story. Like, I think as writers, sometimes we feel insecure and we're worried we're not going to be able to think of something. But it's like things happening beget more things happening. Right. Story begets story. You will never run out. And it does require an enormous leap of faith. I think once you have, like, a great idea, you feel like you want to save up. Yeah. 
And that's the exact wrong thing to do because, like, make the great idea sooner so that it's exciting and then you can move on to the next great idea as opposed to sort of dragging things out to get to the great thing. Yeah, we really discipline ourselves to never hurt a present story in order to protect a future story. Always make the present story as good as it can possibly be and then worry about the rest. This, I think, comes up a lot in TV because people have different episodes. And so a lot, there's a real um, sort of desire to protect a good story thing for your episode. I'm doing episode eight. I want it to be in my episode. And you're like, wait, I don't want that to move up. But you just have to assume that when we get to episode eight, there's going to be another great thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it does require a tremendous amount of trust in yourself, trust in your staff Mm -hmm. to do this. Yeah, Sarah, we were faced with this on The Fix. I can remember um, one instance when even, you know, we had like the urge to protect a story thing. We had this bag that we established in the pilot that Sevy, our suspect, had given his stepson Mm -hmm. to get rid of, an evidence bag. And then the stepson, Gabe, buried it. And we were going to keep it buried until, like, episode eight. Yes. We thought this is going to be, like, the blockbuster thing that happens almost at the end of the season, which changes everything. And then our staff came up with an amazing pitch for the bag in episode four. And we were like, well, we got to do it. Once we heard the pitch, we couldn't like not say yes yeah. just because we wanted to protect that bag. <laughs> yeah. And we did come up with more story. Absolutely. And it ended up being a story element that launched a bunch of other things and changed everything and was great emotionally for all the characters and, and just sort of going, okay, yeah. we're going to just keep swimming. We're going to use swimming. all that energy here and keep going. Use up the story because yeah. there's going to be more. And, I mean, I have to think we're talking about this in the context of writing, but I'm sure the swim out applies to many different jobs. Like, always just assume that you'll have another idea. Yeah. And don't try to protect a good idea. Or don't don't hold it back from someone else you work with because you want to have the good idea. Just spread keep keep going. Keep just those keep good going. ideas flowing. That's right. Just keep swimming. Well, I like that. (laughs) All right, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack. And this week it is leg makeup, okay? This comes from our very good friend, Corrine. We've mentioned her often on the show. And she told us about this great leg makeup because, you know, nobody wears hose, obviously, anymore. Certainly not in California. Yes, not in L.A. anyway. (laughs) But the nice thing about hose was they kind of smoothed out your legs and hid any imperfections. They felt terrible. Yes, but they they look good. (laughs) Um, So now there is this leg makeup you can use to just kind of smooth out the skin, hide spider veins, um, give yourself a little bit of color. So the one that Corrine recommended, which I just bought— Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I ordered it as soon as she recommended it. It's called Sally Hansen's Airbrush Legs. And note, because I spent a lot of time <laughs> examining the many options, some of them have a shimmer. So, like, I got the cream because it doesn't have a shimmer. So just know when you buy this that you need to look at it and see if you want the shimmer or don't want the shimmer. 
And of course, this is a version of something celebrities do before big events, which yes. is like stand somewhere while, while someone literally airbrushes their entire yeah. body with body-colored makeup paint, yes. basically, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, of course this is happening now for, for regular people. Yeah, and it's not the same as self-tanning, by the right. way. This is just makeup. You put it on, you let it dry, and then um, when you take a shower, it comes off. It so this is off. not the same as self-tanner. And it won't rub off on your clothes, I assume, because it is specifically designed to be used with, like, a fancy dress or something. Yeah, I think the key is just letting it dry, putting mm-hmm. it on early enough that you let it dry. So Karina's actually used it. Have you yes. tried it? Yet? No, I just got it because it was back-ordered. So I, I have it on my bathroom counter, <laughs> and I'm like, I got to bust out some shorts and wear the leg makeup. <laughs> okay, we are going to be all over this one. Coming up, I'm going to share my husband's celebrity sighting. But first, this break. Okay, Liz, it is time for our celebrity sighting. And this one comes from your husband, Adam. Yes. So this was just fun. So even though I didn't actually have the sighting, I, I feel like because it's Adam's, like it, it's like mine, too. Yeah, it's one step yes. removed. At least half yes. of it. <laughs> yes, at least half. I get half his all all his belongings. But anyway, so Sarah Adam was flying to Seattle, and Chris Pratt was in front of him on the plane. Which I mean, Chris Pratt, huge star. Uh, he was just in Avengers. He's from Guardians of the Galaxy. Interestingly, in the airport before they got on the plane. Adam saw Chris Pratt hugging someone who he had just run into in the airport, and it was Jeff Goldblum, and Adam realized they were in Jurassic World together. Oh, my God. So it was like a double celebrity sighting of celebrities sighting each other (laughs) and having a reunion. So it's nice to know that, like, in real life, celebrities are, like, happy to see each other after they've done a movie together. I know. know, It warms my heart. Yeah. They weren't like, oh, there's that asshole. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They were happy to see each other. Yay. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. If you want us to answer your question tonight at the cocktail party, email us right now. And thank you for listening. And please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and the new podcast from Whole30's Melissa Urban, Do the Thing. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S. Fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. But Sarah, wait, do you actually believe in the feng shui? Like, for real? I don't get it. I mean, I believe it in enough that I got like a circular, a small circular mirror and I put it on the floor behind my toilet. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) And I hang crystals around my house and places Uh, where I want to diffuse the bad energy. Okay, so yes. (laughs) We'll just agree to disagree. (laughs) 
from the Onward Project.